Recorded in Seattle, Washington, it's an earful in the Emerald City. Hold on to your butt. Where local and national gossip is twisted with comedy. Starring two typical guys who hold nothing back. What the hell is so great about that? To make your jaw sore. Oh, that's nasty. Get your mind out of the gutter and give it up. Hey, what is going on, everybody? How is it going? Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of An Earful in the Emerald City. Thank you guys for being here, listening to us. We appreciate it. Uh, episode number 73 here. 73, we're, we're still hard at it. Um, we had, uh, we, got, we were a little late last week, so you know, I apologize on that episode. Uh, I'll give you guys one more. And then I'm not bringing it up again, okay? I'm done with it after this point. I'm sick of you guys making me feel bad just because I have a real life and I have some other things that I need to take care of at times. But no, yeah, we made it happen. Tony Gardner came out. That was a good episode. So if you guys didn't see it, check that one out. Um, Thank you for joining us here. We got another good one today as well as um, another returning guest here. Uh, Somewhat... Becoming, becoming a little, a, a bec- regular. yeah, becoming yeah. a little bit of a regular. Yeah. I gotta say, I, I, maybe we're becoming friends. Uh, actually, they, there might be something going on here behind the scenes. I can't. The real question I have is, who's riding whose coattails? Ooh, well, uh, we'll decide that later tonight. We'll figure that out. You know, when we get you, on stage. Are you hitting on me? Uh, well, you know, I, I know you still want to christen new new place here. <laughs> we're uh, we're actually on the road here. I uh, drove up to a, the north end of what seems like the globe and <laughs> came out uh it's like 10 miles <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I, I, actually i got here a decent time even with traffic i was i was pretty surprised and i forgot my laptop had to turn around and get my laptop oh yeah so uh that's what happens but uh we're in snohomish by yeah, the way this too. is snohomish this is the old actually this is a good spot out here i used to live in this area there's uh you get the end of the centennial trail here you got mm-hmm. the restaurant trails end out there now so yep right across the street yeah so uh ladies um not fully furnished yet, but it's fully furnished with Blake. <laughs> it's it, it's still made for love, though. I got something you can sit it's, on. It's still made for love. Yeah, this guy he's uh he's got a newfound ferocity that I've never seen <laughs> from him. He's just uh, rearing to go, fresh from the gym, all jacked up on testosterone and, yeah, and pre workout. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot. Of that. I got a lot of testosterone. <laughs> I'm actually gonna have to shave my head because my bald spot's growing, and it's like um. I can't comb it over for much longer. Yeah. But you've, I, you've reached the event horizon. Yeah, see this? <laughs> oh, I see that. It's like my, my hairstylist keeps saying, oh, it's just your part. And I, I was looking in the mirror again, and I was like, that, is, that bitch is lying because she doesn't want to lose a customer. Yep. She wants me to keep coming back and pay her to style my hair. Yeah. But like, you can't trust her. That's true, yeah. You can't yeah. trust people. She has a vested interest in making sure you keep showing up. Yeah, I need to. I, that's part of uh, my plan for the next uh, time I go on a date is to really kind of grill the girl on whether or not she thinks I'm going bald because I can't really tell. Mm-hmm. But you just you just confirmed it for me. So there is a big bald spot up there. Uh, well, you know, um, def- it's the small bald define spot. big. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's, it's like you can't really big. see it unless I point it out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you'll, so maybe you'll, maybe you'll I can right. pull it off for a little bit longer. Yeah, because I'm a good looking guy. I'm a good looking guy, right, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um Hey, press pause. So this weekend, uh <laughs> Um yeah, actually I, I had to go get my hair cut this weekend finally. I was kinda of growing it out a little bit and 
I pushed it as long as I can, but uh, at, at some point you got to go. Did the I had to do the beard for me too. Same same. You wait. You had a beard. I did actually. I didn't really shave much for like a month and a half. But um, oh, you didn't have like one of those GQ beards. You just had a oh no no no, beard. no no all right, all right. no dirtbag beard. All right, dirtbag beard. Yeah. No, I uh, I she she took that. She took care of that and uh, and still needled me though about not having a girlfriend. Mm. You know, this woman I see her once every five weeks, and every time she asks me if I have a girlfriend, like it's a brand new question that we've never explored or delved into before. Does she have a daughter? Um, a son. Well, that works. Yeah, that works. Yeah, just be like, "Hey, uh, hook, me, hook me up with your boy. He'd look good in the skirt." Yeah, no kidding. That'll shut her up. Extra five bucks though to get the whole beard down. Though she shaved it like yeah. a close shave. Yeah, how was that? It was. It, I actually, I felt, I felt crisp. You know, you get that beard, you just kind of let yourself go. I, actually, you know what? I'm glad we brought this up because I've been wanting to t- discuss the topic of beards and how they've just completely got out of control these days it's fucking crazy it's, it's driving me nuts it's it's insane and, and and mine was getting out of control that's why i had to take care of it it was it was pretty thick i mean i was willing to pay the five bucks to get it down i mean because that's that's 50 percent of the cost of the haircut it's a ten dollar haircut so 15 is a good deal but that jacked the price up pretty big but that was a cost i was willing to incur to get rid of that fucking piece of shit on my face i mean i don't I don't know when it got so out of hand, but it, it has got insane recently. These guys just take it to the extreme. You're talking about like the the fashion model beards, like the the guys who are walking around sporting either something that they've been growing for months or sporting something that they're actually grooming into a Spartacus beard. Mm-hmm. Not Spartacus, like the guys in 300. That's that's what it feels like. It started. It feels like the three the movie 300 came out and everyone was like, I can't get ripped, but I cannot shave. <laughs> it's fucking. The lamest way possible to try to look manually yeah. is to just stop doing something that's like a routine grooming habit. Yeah. And I think it actually started with the recession because basically the recession came and everyone was trying to save a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And so guys were like, I just won't shave. I'll just stop shaving and I can still look good, which if you don't believe in the patriarchy, there it is right there. Right. Patriarchy, that proof positive. Mm-hmm. You girls couldn't like just start letting something go because of the recession. Yeah, girls started working harder at their appearance. Guys are just like, well, I'm just gonna fucking look shittier, and the and the chicks will probably dig it. And they <laughs> did. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like I, I'm on Tinder and all these dating sites, and like, it's not all the girls, but there's so many girls who have a thing for beards now. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Jesus Christ, yeah. maybe I should grow a beard. I think you're giving. I think you're giving the guys too much credit here. And not giving the ladies enough. I think the ladies are the ones that have sanctioned this beard outcry that we've seen here recently. I mean, if they if they said no no go on this, it wouldn't happen. If girls are like, uh, I'm not really into that. I like guys who are clean shaven. All guys would be shaving their fucking face every day. They'd be taking that razor, getting a little cuts. Ah, ooh, uh, ah, you can put a little putting a little piece of toilet paper on there and shit. I mean, the girls are the ones that have allowed this. I'm, I'm blaming them to be honest. You know, I mean, these guys, you know, they're culpable too. I mean, I mean, not doing anything. That's not a look. That's not a fashion statement. That's just being a fucking lazy piece of shit, you know? And that's what a lot of these guys do. They just, they, they let it go. They don't do anything. I mean, I had a buddy who had the goatee all the time and I was like, dude, you gotta gotta mix it up, man. You know, get a little different, try something different, change it up. And he's like, and finally he caved and he caved to the, just don't shave ever full beard. man. And yeah. I'm like, that's not what I was. That's not what I meant. The only time I ever sported a beard was when the recession started. 
because I couldn't afford racers. <laughs> I was really broke. And I was married, so I didn't yeah. give a shit. It was like, ah, whatever. I'm still going to get laid. You wanted to look like you're from the Dust Bowl. Turned out that's not true. <laughs> Turned out, this is another example of how the patriarchy is failing. Women can now withhold sex from their husbands if they look like shit. Even if we're really nice. That's always been the case. Well, I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I see these guys. I see these guys at the to- all the time at the gym. No, oh, yeah. I see these guys. Which gym do you go to? I go to the YMCA. It's just right by my house. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's what makes it even more sad is that I still have to deal with this shit there. You think you get a better crowd, but no, you I see these guys. Get, yeah, you think you get more of a, a YMCA type of man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mustaches. More wholesome, yeah. Yeah, mustaches, yeah, exactly. Maybe a goatee. No, I see these guys, and they got this beard that is just out to here. You know, it's a foot off of their face. And I just want to go up to the guy and be like, hey, hey, buddy, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, you got a second there? You got a second? Yeah, hey, why don't you come down and sit on this bench right here? Yeah, just sit. Hey, you got a second. What's uh, what's what's going on, man? What's what's up with the what's up with your face there? I mean, is, did you just people, come in off the street? Are, are people? Yeah, are, are you hungry? Do, do you, you live here at the YMCA? Do you need something to eat? Uh, I, know, I know they got cheap rooms, but maybe they're not giving you any razors. Is, is, are, is nobody paying attention to you? Or I mean, what, what's what's the deal? Are you, are you got, keeping a pet bird in there? You, you got like a you got the end of a witch's broom attached to your chin there. I mean, what, what, what's what's going on, brother? Just trying to uh, keep my food fresh after. A, <laughs> Um, done snacking. I like to have a few extra crumbs. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. You know, it's it literally you 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 literally look homeless at, at that point when you're not shaving. You look homeless. Yeah, I I have a lot of respect for um, guys who shave every day. I try to shave every day. Um, and if a guy has a beard that is like you know Leonidas from Three Hundred, like he's crafted it and it's nicely sculpted. See, and that beard is—that's a nice beard. That's a well-maintained beard he has. Yeah, that's okay. That's cool. There's a guy at my gym who like fucking looks like Leonidas. He is also bulky and like mm-hmm. muscular too. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, that guy's really buff, yeah. and I can kind of see why chicks would dig that. He's got some sick lats. But I don't see—I don't see that distinction when women talk about it. I, I see must have beard, not must be well groomed. More often than not. And that's the part I don't get. I mean, I've sucked a dick. I'm not completely turned off by guys, but like, I don't want to. I don't. Why would anyone want to smooch beard face? That's just like, you know, I Frenched a dog and it's not fun. (laughs) That's true. It's almost like kissing a dog's asshole. Almost, (laughs) you know, there's tons of hair everywhere around it. It's going all over the place. I mean, yeah. it's insane. It, I, I, it's haven't, gonna... I haven't done that. <laughs> for the record. Just for, for the clear. For the record. This is not a callback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, I don't, the ladies, they're going to, they're going to rebel. They're going to rebel. There's going to be a mutiny. And they're going to, they're going to realize the error in their ways. And they're going to say, eh, we don't, we don't, we don't want maybe this. not. This might be a, this might be a permanent thing. This might just be uh, women finally saying something they've thought for a long time. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe guys like um, Hemingway were growing beards because they knew the secret. Like the beards are fucking chicks. Love it. Yeah. And that's why they were so successful. Maybe that's what it is. And it explains a lot about the Amish and the, the Mormons who grow the beards and everything too. Mm-hmm. Explains how the Mormons get so much tail. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Those guys are fucking. Those I can guys just are see laying the, the pipe all the time, <laughs> just, <laughs> literally and figuratively. See those see those Mormon girls coming up in the church, being like, "Well, this shit's a little crazy, but mm, mm, mm. 
<laughs> Brother John has the nicest broom on his face. I can't wait to get my nose tickled. The way Brother Jebediah's beard tickles me reminds me of the old days with Peppy when he was still around. Oh, man. Ladies, you can't allow this shit, all right? Because we're too lazy. I mean, we're disgusting lazy pigs, basically, if you will allow us to be that and still have sex with us. You know, we'll we'll, we'll be disgusting. It's up to you guys to keep us honest. And, you know, if you guys allow too much of this shit, it's going to turn into a slippery slope and you're just going to start banging Sasquatches, basically, because that's going to be your only option because... No one's going to shave. No one's going to cut their hair. There'll be man buns running around all over the place. That's not a future any of us wants, ladies, okay? Well, some of them might. No. Banging the Sasquatch might actually be what some of them are going for. <laughs> That's true. Actually, they have those books now. <laughs> <laughs> they do? Oh, I need to read that. You know, I'm like trying to fig- I'm trying to get situated for like dating and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, all I'm thinking about picking up romance yeah. novels, see what women are after. Do it. So I should definitely the supernatural check those out ones. Too. Yeah, this, yeah, check out one of the supernatural ones. You know, like, you never know when a when a uh, when a poltergeist might you know turn you on a little bit. I mean, you, you got to be prepared to role play. Yeah, I used to have a Bigfoot mask. <laughs> <laughs> Girls in college would be like. Blake, put the Bigfoot mask on. <laughs> and I didn't know how what Bigfoot sounded like, so I just do Chewbacca. They'd be like, they'd be like, Blake, turn the light on. Oh, wait, actually, okay, okay. Well, no, you can leave the light. That's fine. But just put that mask on, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they wanted me to just wear any mask. Yeah, that's probably it. Brown paper bag would suffice, too. So, uh, yeah, what's up with the, the newfound... Uh, um, chipperness i'm seeing in you huh what's going on in your life oh uh, well you know we finally agreed on um where we're going with our marriage mm-hmm. which is we're stopping the train right here <laughs> we're just uh, nowhere <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a amicable divorce we're, mm-hmm. we're just basically after a good year or two of like really working on our relationship and uh learning how to get out of a cycle of codependency coming around to figuring out who we are as authentic people and looking at each other after 10 years and, and just being like, Oh yeah, we, we shouldn't be married. Like mm-hmm. there's too much, um, not conflict, but, um, self repression that has to happen for us to be with each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the focus on our relationship is the kids just navigating that. But on the flip side for me, I'm able to really lean into um, what? Uh, lean in is a good term. <laughs> I like that. I'm really able to uh, feminize. <laughs> I'm really able to just start pushing into who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to worry about leading a double life, yeah. which is what I've been doing for a long time. I come to this apartment where I live alone, and then I go back to my house five nights a week and spend time with my kids and my wife and it's very confusing in your head to go back and forth between leading an independent life and figuring out who you are and what you want to be and then diving back into sort of a codependent cycle of a relationship yeah even when you're aware of your issues and and trying to work on them yeah and so getting to that point where we're saying let's we're, we're holding hands and jumping off the cliff and saying let's get a divorce it's very liberating yeah well it's like 
it's almost like you have a struggle figuring out your identity, you know, like which, which one you're going for. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and you're almost kind of trying to multitask your personality. And although everybody thinks they're so good at multitasking, really what happens is you just do two things kind of shittily. Yeah. And yeah, if you can't really focus in and hone in on one, then you're not going to. And I know with the goals that you're trying to accomplish, uh, definitely got to focus a little bit, you know, it's, uh, you're focusing on a something that you know is kind of alien. I want to say alien, but not in your normal repertoire at this point. But uh, oh, you're talking about the ladies? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I've been married since I was, I was, I was trying to beat around the bush. You know, I didn't want to. Oh, I don't want to beat around the bush anymore. But yeah, yeah. Speak, I want to get right into that bush. Yeah, he wants to beat right into it. That's what he's going for. I uh, I've been married for ten years, and um, you know, it's a long time. I've been married since I was 22. And when it started looking like things were going to end, uh, I started getting really interested in the prospect of dating other women. And uh, that energy is still there. That's like my that's my thing right now. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to get really gung ho about dating a lot of women and and all that disgusting stuff. And I'm going to regret it when I'm like 35 or 37 and yeah. I'm gonna have a moment where I'm like oh my god look at me I'm a piece of shit oh my god my life's a mess look at me oh fucking the shit am what am I doing with myself oh this is the third time I've had gonorrhea oh my god oh, I don't think my doctor will even take my calls anymore the, the antibiotics oh, are wearing god. off maybe I should join a monastery maybe Chelsea will take me back if I go back on these oh, oh, chemical castration maybe that's the answer you know that, that could happen that's, but I, will. I know myself well enough to know that I won't get there any other way than going down. It's like in Dante. In order to get up to heaven, you have to start in the inferno. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm going. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I've been reading horrible things, things that are polluting my mind, like pickup artistry stuff, Neil Strauss's book, The Game. I've been reading about hypnosis. I've been reading about <laughs> advice on dates. It's not all kooky stuff, too. Yeah. It's, it's also I've been reading about male empowerment and learning how to just be forthright and be yourself and learning how to be authentic and things like that, too. But the stuff that really sticks in my head is like the techniques. And that's kind of fun. It's like, ooh, I get to game people. Yeah. You know, I like to write jokes. Well, there's there's a formula to writing a good joke. There's also an art to it, too, that you learn as you practice the techniques. And I'm excited about that in the sense of dating women. I want I, I view it as a personal challenge that I'm very excited about. Not to learn to manipulate women, but to just learn how to do the thing that I was terrified of doing from eleven up until twenty two. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't ask my wife out. She asked me out. Mm. We dated for a year. I I suggested maybe we should get married for health insurance. Like I, that's how we got married. She needed coverage. I had a good job. You romantic. You. I am never. I've never been this version of myself that I long to be. Mm-hmm. I've succeeded in every other realm of my life that I've put myself to. I wanted a good job. I got a good job. I wanted to be a good dad. I'm a great dad. I wanted to go back to school and get a better job. I did that. I wanted to be a good comic. I've gotten to be a good comic and i'm continuing to focus on that but there's this one part of me that i've just never been able to attend to and it's seedy and it's prurient and i'm not going to apologize about it because it's who i am Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's exciting to to have that 
opportunity coming out of this. I think it's important to like come full circle, you know, and I think it's, I think it's more full circle for you since you were there, you're kind of got, you got away from it. You got away from the family thing and now you got to go through that process again and maybe you might get there again at some point. But I think you do have to go through that process just so that you've been to most of the stages, you've kind of hit all the stages and then you realize how they play off of each other. And then you realize, you know, that there's, there's kind of always somewhere else that you kind of, um, kind of want to yearn to be in, you know, a different place than you currently are. And that's just kind of life. And it, like I said, no matter what part of the cycle you're going through, everybody kind of always has that feeling. They always have that, Oh geez, you know, I'm single, but man, what if I had a girlfriend, you know, somebody I cared about be fun. And then you get those people who might be in a somewhat loving relationship, a pretty good relationship, a solid one. And they think, man, what if I was just out there and I could just do whatever I wanted and, and I could hang out with any girl I want, meet any girl and just talk to them. And, and I think you just kind of always, everybody always just kind of yearns a little bit for what they yeah, don't Yeah, you're kind of talking about the grass is always greener. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. you know, for me, it, the, the big work I've been doing this year is kind of looking at where my life has gone and where I steered it versus where I just let it go. Um, and so, you know, there's some hard truths that I've had to say, and they're hard to say. Like, I didn't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. I still don't want to have kids. <laughs> I... I am a great dad. I'm I'm responsible. Being a person with integrity who keeps their commitments is ultra important to me. I'm I'm an atheist and pretty much my moral code is built on authenticity and integrity. Mm-hmm. Um and I could get into Kant and talk about, you know, the the moral philosophy behind that. I'm just I'm mentioning that to let you know that it's like a real rigid framework that I've worked on. And so when I say I, I'm gonna take care of my kids and that I'm serious about that obligation it's it's not a back of the envelope calculation that's a real strong statement for me yeah but i look at people like my brother and how much he loves his son and the joy he gets from hanging out with him and i feel like there's that's a piece that's missing for me mm-hmm. like i enjoy my kids company i love them and i have to keep it to like 3 4 days of the week i i once i get beyond that where i'm seeing them a lot I start to view them as a burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really shitty thing to say in our culture. <laughs> it's a really hard thing to admit. It's really hard to say it on a date to a girl, but, too. It's like <laughs> but they are, though. I mean, it's just that's just the facts of the situation. I mean, they are a burden. I mean, it's not all a burden, and it's not a burden that might not be outweighed with some other good aspects. But to say that they're not a burden at all, that that's being disingenuous about the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you've heard my comedy. This is mm-hmm. this is a good 10 minutes of my material yeah. right here. And uh, it's something that has been in my mind for a long time, but mm-hmm. it took a long time. Like, I've been doing these jokes for years, and it's taken till now for me to actually say out loud to people, yeah, I don't really want to have kids. Like, I have them, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll take care of them. But, like, in my ideal world, Blake is independent, not married, just focusing on comedy, focusing on his career, yeah, and enjoying life. Yeah, I mean the thing, yeah, and, and it's and it's honestly it's kind of refreshing to me to hear somebody say that, to be honest, because you hear people talk, oh yeah, how's the kids? How's, how's the kids going? Blah, blah blah, and you hear people's response, and you just you just, oh, oh it's great, oh it's great, it, it's really 
it's it, it, I mean they're difficult. They're worth it. They're difficult, but uh, no, it's it's really rewarding. It really is, yeah. you know. And it's like, I mean, who are you, are you trying to convince me, or are you trying to convince yourself, you know? And this is kind of what I mean when I say the full circle thing. Like, uh, I know that probably when I'm about f- closer to forty. I'm probably going to have a uh, very visceral change of heart about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but very possible. I've lived my whole life since when, whenever, thinking about the future, ten or fifteen years in the future, and making choices mm-hmm. to prepare for that. Yeah, you know, I got married because I wanted to have a partner when I was old. Yeah, and I agreed to have kids because I wanted to have kids because that's what you're supposed to, you know, do. You're yeah. supposed to get old and have kids to take. And I've just been lying to myself for years and years. And when I think to myself, well, I'll probably change my mind when I'm 40, that's that same voice that I've been listening to for too long, telling me to make a choice now for 10 years in the future, which I, I'm i just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. I'll take care of my kids. I love them. But I'm not going to lie about why I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, our last guest, uh, he actually just had a kid. And, you know, he. I think... I don't know if he's the same in, as much as you in, in the same regard, but he was a little reluctant to get into it first, no question. And, you know, you hear him talking about it, and he he, makes, he cracks a joke. He says, oh, the uh, Berg never have kids. You know, he texts me that because there were some issues. And obviously I can tell he's joking, but to a certain extent, you know, there's there's some realness there. And it's like, hey, that's okay. Like, we don't have to act like it's just 100% rosy, awesome, perfect all the time when we're having kids, you know? And it's like when people ask me about being single and just hanging out and being a bachelor, it's like, I don't paint a awesome, oh, geez, oh, it's so, oh, dude, I just banged this chick like two weeks ago. Oh, it's so fucking hot. Do you, you know, I don't paint that picture. It's like, there's some good aspects. I like the freedom of it. I like being, not having to be held accountable to anybody. That's awesome, you know, but there's sometimes and I'm hanging out, cooking a meal for one, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, it'd be nice to have somebody else to share this delicious meal with, you know? Yeah, I guess I kind of have it good because um, I get to have a few nights a week to myself, but, you know, me and Chelsea are getting along. We're we're cool. Yeah. She wants me to be there with the kids. I want to see them. So yeah. I don't have those lonely nights because I've kind of struck a nice balance where I get, you know, as many as I can take mm-hmm. and I actually enjoy it. Yeah. Like that, that was my point earlier about saying like, once I get to more than four days a week with them, I, I start really resenting it up until that point. The reason I have to be careful about that is cause I'm a good dad. Cause I like them. I like being with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it is, and it's, I think it's a lot of it is just striking that balance. You know, I see people in my life who don't or didn't or aren't or haven't done a good job of striking that balance, whether it's too far for yourself, you you know, being too selfish when you do have kids to look after, or whether it's being that parent that is just always a parent and that's your only identity besides maybe going to work and having a couple jokes at lunchtime with the guys that you work with. That's, that's all you have is just that identity as a parent and there's nothing else. And I don't think that's healthy either. I mean, your kids might get a good amount of attention because of it, but it's one of the most annoying water cooler conversations you'll have too. at least as a guy. I don't, I can't get in the women's head about this. They seem to really thrive on it. It just feels like the most superficial way people relate to each other. If they have kids, or even if they don't have kids, mm-hmm. like especially like in, in the office when someone has a kid, Jesus, you've got about a year and a half 
of water cooler talk that basically is always the same. Hey, Blake. Hey, how you doing? How's the kids? How's the kid? How's Moss? How's the how's the baby? How's the baby? Oh, yeah. she's like nine months now. <laughs> oh, she's like ten months now. Oh, she's walking, oh, sort oh, of. She's sort of walking. Yeah. Just, uh, he gets old. Yeah. What's like? What, what's going on with a baby? It, you know, uh, still alive. Uh, yeah, people don't. I don't think people. I, uh, some people care. I think mostly it's like any other water cooler conversation. They're yeah. just trying to be social, so it's it's, it's hard to time. resent it. But it's like. Oh, it's like listening to hack jokes over and over again. You know, it's like, God, don't waste my time with your social pedantry. Yeah. I've noticed, too, this this new job I've got. I've noticed, like, small talk. It's, like, a really big part of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got I got a lot of accounts I service. I service 65, 70 accounts. And That's a lot of dick to suck, Aaron. It, honestly, my neck has been so sore the last couple of days. It's been killing me. I thought you were working out more. I could see your traps are a little swole, but... Yeah, all that head bobbing. It's it's ridiculous. I feel like a goddamn rooster. But <laughs> but uh no, it's like you have all these accounts you have to service and some people are cool. It's a nice way to phrase it. <laughs> That's what they call it in the industry. <laughs> and some people Yeah, I was out last night two AM servicing an account, you know. Service, servicing a couple of Johns, you know how we do. Shit. Mm, girl, gotta make mine. This account was in arrears, if you know what I'm saying. Shit, this is one of the biggest accounts I've ever seen. <laughs> no, but you take care of these people, and a big part of it is small talk. And like I said, some of them, you like them. They're cool people. You get along. You vibe well. And some of them, you just have to be respectful to because they're your clients. And it's just one of those things. And, and not everybody's good at small talk. Me personally, I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm like a seven and a half to an eight on the small talk meter you know i I can carry my own but not an all-star at it by any means but uh some people aren't good at it and it kind of makes for an awkward situation a little bit you know like you kind of just get stuck you like you have that one one or two comment your go-to and then you're like "Ah, all right and there's no music in the background it's silence and no customers coming through and you're just like this is i gotta get out of here yeah, I'm 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 familiar with that and I this is one of those reasons why I'm actually reading the pickup mm-hmm. artist stuff because um a lot of what they write about in terms of uh learning how to pick up women the the early stuff they they write about approach anxiety and just learning how to talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it's it's as a comedian as a person who has to market himself, I view that I view a lot of uh what they're talking about is potentially very useful. Whether or not I'm trying to pick up women, like the the challenges that these guys give themselves to like go out and just, you know, for the day, talk to everyone you see. Just talk to everyone you see. Yeah. It's like, well, that's actually a really good exercise. Um, and learning how to engage with people and maybe do small talk or maybe just be interesting or maybe just, you know, break that approach anxiety, break the ice and, and get a name. Yeah. That's a valuable skill to have. I hate small talk, but if you can give yourself kind of a a way to view it as an opportunity to train yourself or or grow in a way that might be useful, yeah, I guess it, it might be worthwhile. You just you just got to get those first like two or three lines out. That's all you got to do. You got to get those first two or three lines out. They don't have to be they don't have to be one liners. They don't have to be hey, uh, are you Google? Because you're everything that I'm searching for. You know, you don't have to. I mean, even even corny ass shit like that can work sometimes if you deliver it properly. But yeah, you just gotta get your foot in the door. Let the person know you're not a fucking weirdo, and then 
see where the conversation takes you just listen and then react yeah i prefer to just be really spontaneous like i've uh, just talking to strange i went to capitol hill on mm-hmm. saturday night for a date and i got there a little bit early mm-hmm. so i just walked up to the bar and you know there's a couple people there and I just sat down and they looked at me. I was like, hey, how you doing? They're like, we're good. What's up? And I was like, oh, I just walked up the hill. And I just talked about the fact that I just walked up the hill and I was out of breath. And they didn't give a shit. They just ignored me. But I was like, okay, well, you know, I did that. I talked to those strangers. Yeah. And then I talked to the bartender and he was also, you know, people on Capitol Hill are a little shitty sometimes. It's, I think it's like, that's not fair. People in Seattle are a little shitty sometimes. Yeah. I've noticed that uh, people are a little standoffish in the city. And yeah. that makes sense um, because there's a lot of fucking weirdos in Seattle. Well, that's diversity for you, you know. Yeah, we can't all be. I I should. People. I'm a little shell shocked. I went up there on Saturday night for a date. Mm. Did, I, did I mention I had a date? Uh, you did. You briefly mentioned this, mm. yeah. Um, and I hadn't really been to Capitol Hill on a weekend in uh, my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've been up there for open mics. Yeah. Uh, I've been up there to go to the doctor. Last time I went to Capitol Hill, I was driving away uh, down Olive, and um, I, I was in a right-hand turn-only lane, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to get in the other lane, and I just – I did. But that meant I had to, like, cut people off, and the, the traffic behind me stalled. And this guy in a Volkswagen pulled up – yeah, I say Volkswagen. Sorry. <laughs> That pretentious. This guy in the Volkswagen with a big fucking beard pulled up to me and and he stopped and he he rolled down his manual window and he flipped me the bird. And I just kind of shrugged at him in that kind of way I do where I just went, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. Just tried to look like a local. No, I just tried to look like an in, a nincompoop and I smiled at him. And he smiled back at me and waved and drove away. Oh, really? After it he... was such a weird finger to get. To, mm-hmm. It was like a really friendly flip-off. Like, he was really pissed. You fucking asshole. You fucking moron. God damn it. Sorry. That's okay, buddy. <laughs> hey, this is Seattle. We're all friends yeah, here. Maybe I jumped to conclusions there. That was a weird experience. But then uh, Capitol Hill on Saturday, I, I've been there for open mic nights, uh, you know, Wednesdays. Yeah. And there's a lot of weirdos. But Saturday night in the modern Seattle fully gentrified nightclubs all these young people going in and out of these seedy locations and walking down the sidewalk right in the middle of them a skinhead on a leash wearing assless chaps yeah and who's holding the leash a midget wearing a full leather suit (laughs) not a face mask thank god Mm -hmm. wow this is a weird place to be Mm -hmm. and they went into the club Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bouncer, he just, like, you know how people skip the line? Off, yeah. He just he pulled the rope up and yeah. they walked right in. Well, you don't want to be the guy that stops the midget in full leather attire, you know? No, it depends. That's, but, uh, hey, that's you know, your thing. Oh, you know, yeah. That's that's diversity for you, though, Blake. And uh, like they say, it's our strength, right? <laughs> I was blown away by Capitol Hill. It's uh, the, My date was um, <clears throat> a literary type, and she, she really thought it was a horrible place she lived there but i was like country mouse coming into the city Mm -hmm. and this was all second nature to her and it was like oh look at these people and i was like "Ooh, look at these people it's vibrant ambulance goes i'm like following with my eyes 
she gave me a tour and she was talking down to me like she was my mom. So I started calling her that. The date didn't go too well. <laughs> you mean she didn't like being called your mom? She wouldn't get me hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. Bitch mom. <laughs> the meatloaf! Fuck! Oh, man. Yeah, Capitol Hill, that's... I want to spend more time there. Not just because it reeks of Is sex. Is hot chicks to bang? <laughs> Not just because of that. It just looks more my speed. Yeah. Mm. There, well, yeah, there's plenty of speed. I mean, if that's what you're into. You no. Just find I, one I, of those homeless people on corners there. But I don't know. Capital, it, it's not bad, but I, I can't deal with so many people in such a condensed area. And I feel like there's more people in Capitol Hill per capita than any other spot in the entire city. I mean, they're just all around you. I got to, and like I you gotta, said, they're a bunch I gotta of gotta stop you weirdos. and just tell you that per capita, like means per person. So that was really retarded. Okay. Well, that was really retarded. There's more people per, per person, per square, uh, per we'll square say, person, per square block. We'll say, but, uh, yeah, thanks there. Um, it, it's just too much, though. It's like you're just drowning. They're they're everywhere, and like you said, you're so, just drowning. So many, so many of them are just complete lunatics. Like you, you see the girl. Oh, they're so silly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's. Tell a good, me about Capitol Hill, Aaron. <laughs> oh, it's so silly in Capitol Hill. There's so many people per person. You're just drowning in people who are just ridiculous. That's a good impression of somebody who would live on Capitol Hill, actually. <laughs> It feels very judgmental. To oh, me, to oh! Now that. it's not funny anymore. No. Oh, okay. Did you see the cat lady who walks around with a cat on her shoulder all the time? Uh, no. She was. I, like I was. That. I was looking at buildings. I mean, it's all exploded. Seattle's exploded. I grew. I, you know, I grew up in the region. I went to Seattle when I was a kid. Yeah. I used to go up there every week for <clears throat> fencing, and <laughs> it's, it's all chuckle. <laughs> Yes, I still have my knickers. Oh, Jesus. I still wear them sometimes. Yeah, he, still, he hasn't taken his off yet, fortunately. I'm actually wearing them right now. <laughs> yeah, Capitol Hill, that's a strange spot, though. Capitol Hill. Um, actually, I have a picture on my phone. A couple months ago, I went to Capitol Hill and drove by this bus stop. And at this bus stop, there was a box spring mattress hanging out under the little undercover spot where they have the bench for the bus stop. So why would a mattress want to ride the bus? uh, That's that was, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I don't know the reason, but that shows how tolerant of a city they are. You know, that even a box spring is allowed to ride the bus. I mean, how do you, how many tickets that to pay? That to pay for one, that to pay for two. They're going to probably need a whole section, but yeah. And then it was, it was pretty funny too. the picture. There's a guy standing in front of it and he's just on his phone doing whatever. There's a box spring behind him at the bus stop. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome right here. Only in Capitol Hill where women walk around with cats on their shoulders. I mean, I guess you'd have to have a cool cat because wouldn't you worry about the fucking thing running away? Well, maybe it's paralyzed. Maybe that's why she walks it. No, no, no. It's on his shoulder. It's on her shoulder. She yeah, walks you can pick up shoulder. a cat and put it on your shoulders. Yeah, I know, but I would Maybe just... she has a paralyzed... Maybe her pussy is lame. Mm. And she is walking around because she wants to air it out. How dare you say she has a lame pussy? I think it's actually probably exactly what's going on. That cat probably pissed off some guy and he 
kicked it, broke its neck. But she's a crazy cat lady, so she puts mm-hmm. it on her shoulders and takes it for a walk. Throw that shit over your shoulder, yeah. That's she probably funny. saw some. She's probably actually a crazy old lady, and she saw some rich people downtown coming out of uh, one of the theaters wearing the like a mink stole. And she was like, "I'm gonna live like that. I could do that." And she went home to her crazy cat lady collection of cats, mm-hmm. and she and she picked up a cat and she squeezed its neck until she heard pop, and the cat died. Yeah. And then she tried again, and maybe eight cats in, the cat didn't die, and she's like, yeah, "I have my pretty scarf now. Yeah, I'm gonna walk around outside, and everyone will see it." Actually, that's true. What if that is what it was? It was like a garb, but it was a live garb. You know, it's like. You're going to have a dead fox on your shoulder. I'm going to have a live cat. All right? Just chilling. <laughs> no, I, I talked to her for a minute. She was definitely crazy. But, um, yeah, you were talking about being at the bar, though, and I agree with you. Like, that's something I've been into a lot recently. Like, I love just riffing with strangers. Yeah. Like, that's one of my new favorite things to do because when somebody's just met you for the first time, they don't know your personality or your joke style or what, how your mannerisms or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I love it's so easy to fuck with people, not like in a dickish way, you know, just kind of make them think that you're more ridiculous than you actually are. Yeah, you get to you get to pretend to be somebody. You get to really kind of um, experiment with exploring what your personality can be mm-hmm. if you if you want to do an overhaul. Yeah, which is where I'm totally at. It's yeah. like, oh, what kind of guy can I be? Yeah. I can be a friendly guy. I can be a funny guy. And it's also a nice challenge, too, as comedians to go out and just be funny with people on a, on a riff basis. Just go into a bar. Or better yet, go into a bar and when they say something that lets you tell one of your jokes, oh, that's a good feeling because they don't know <laughs> it's material. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That is good. Yeah, you they just they... go from like a stranger to like a really fucking funny guy. Yeah, they just, they just tee you up perfectly like, well, I'm glad you brought up beards. It's really actually very disappointing, to be fair. Uh, every time I've – not every time, but nine times out of ten that I, I have used material in a conversation, the other person doesn't listen. They do what people do in conversations. They pretend to listen while thinking about what they're going to say. <laughs> yeah, waiting for their turn. And it fucking drives me nuts because I'll, like, do some material and I'll say something really fucking funny. And they'll they'll do the polite, <laughs> yeah, it's just like the time my dad <laughs> – yeah. fucking moron. God damn it. <laughs> That was comedy gold. Can't you see? Can't you just listen? <laughs> You're in, I'm entertaining you. You, I just gave you a story that you would tell for weeks. Apparently, you met this guy at the bar, and then he said, Bleh. "Apparently, you've never seen greatness before." <laughs> People are so unappreciative. Fucking peasants. People are so hard to reach. Speaking of people being unappreciative, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Hadn't seen this weekend in a little while. We're talking about another friend of ours. <laughs> uh wife now uh, just recently got married and they moved he was trying to get a job um your friend or the yeah he was trying to get a job in this union for a while so he was kind of working on it for a while and they had moved back in with his parents for a little while uh while they were he was working on it and this girl moves into the house there and she's uh she's like the stuff she's complaining about is like so insane like she's watching Orange is the New Black one day, and I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I've watched it a couple times, but a lot of it is just lesbians munching each other's box, basically. A couple girls getting in a fight, some jokes are ensue, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And she's watching it in front of this man who owns this house, is 64 years old, and he's like, 
yeah, you know, this this makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, you think you, you maybe watch something else? And she's complaining about how it fucking how it, it, annoying it is to deal with this guy complaining when she's trying to watch her goddamn show. And I'm just thinking to myself, what kind of fucking ingrates have millennials become at this point? <laughs> like, I, I, I these are my friends, and I'm disgusted by these people about how unappreciative they are with the fucking shit. They, it's like I thought the baby boomers were bad. We're we're doubling down on on fucking. Well, I agree, I agree with your interpretation. It is, um, it is a bad sign, a bad taste to to complain like that. Yeah. Um, but I want to caution you against being really judgmental about other people's emotions. You know, she she expressed how she felt, mm-hmm. and that's actually very healthy. When mm-hmm. someone's annoyed, to it's a good sign for their relationship or all of your relationship that she can feel annoyed and and actually say i'm annoyed and this is why mm-hmm. and that's that's great because yeah. emotions are not reasonable so you know what what's unhealthy is for a person to do what you're kind of lobbying for which is to feel something and then to press it down <laughs> to feel like i'm annoyed but i i don't deserve to just be annoyed it. i'm just going to bottle yeah. it up cuz then one day it just comes out and you're punching holes in the in the door yeah. of your that's true of your house that's true it is very annoying too to be told to change the station on a network that you don't pay for when you're sitting on a couch that you didn't buy when you're in a have house. Have you never heard of guest right? That you know in ancient you don't Greece don't have to pay the, to live in. In ancient Greece the custom was if someone came to your door you treated them like they might be Zeus because mm-hmm. that's what Zeus did. He came to your house mm-hmm. disguised Fucked your wife and left. And if you fucked with him, he killed you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is probably like a Greek myth to yeah. sort of account for, yeah. uh, you know, robbers coming to your house and killing you. Uh, but the, but the, the culture was, uh, the idea was guest right. You just, you treat your guests like they might be Zeus in disguise. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that's stuck with our culture for a long time. Guests have the right of way. And if this old honky didn't want to let these kids watch whatever the hell they wanted... He deserves to be struck down by Zeus. I hope Zeus is up on a mountain polishing up a lightning bolt, ready to shoot it up this guy's ass. He's got his uh, pestilence pistol aimed at his um, prostate right now. He's like, I'm going to give that guy ass cancer. I got to tell you, the Zeus character, he sounds a lot like a red coat. What do you mean? Sounds a lot like one of the red coats. Like a British red yeah. coat? Yeah, during the Revolutionary War. I like the Greek gods. I like them because they're more approachable. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a hard time with religion. I, I like the Greek gods because, you know, the world sucks. Life sucks. Horrible things happen. There's that photo of that kid in Africa starving to death and the vulture sitting there staring at him. It's like, oh, Jesus loves him. He's going to heaven. <laughs> Jesus. The vulture is going to heaven, too, after he dies. That. That's a horrible world. And it doesn't make sense to imagine the all-loving God. But the Greek gods make sense. They make sense. If you need a god, go with the Greek gods. Because if you look at the world the way it is, where you've got people, you've got the 1% of the 1% with all the money, and you've got kids literally starving to death every year all over the world, and you've got child sex slavery going on, doesn't it make more sense to think that maybe the deities that control things, the ones who created the world, the immortals that really govern the laws of the universe, don't give a shit? 
and that Zeus is actually just some really colossal deity on a mountaintop who likes to throw lightning bolts at people. He, you know, he kind of, and he likes to give people a lot of money now and then because he can. But he's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. He's just a fucking prick. Into a fucking all-powerful prick. Mm-hmm. That is, if I couldn't say I was an atheist, like if we lived in a in a uh, theological society where you had to declare a religion, I would go Greek pantheon all the way, or Roman pantheon. They're kind of the same. Yeah. Or Vikings, the Vi- the Viking, the the um, Thor and Odin and all that. Totally makes sense to me because it just you look at the world and there are so many people who are clearly blessed and clearly cursed and it is if if it's not luck and happenstance and genetic lottery then it's some prick on a mountaintop who can shoot lightning bolts all i can say to that blake is god works in mysterious ways <laughs> i love that saying <laughs> i love that saying because it it's what it's it's like the guys in the mail room trying to understand why the CEO is selling stock. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, he has our best interests at heart, right? <laughs> like, that's his job. He's the CEO. He has to. He's, uh, we, how, who are we to try to understand his great mysterious ways? We know that he loves the company. He's going to take care of us. Yeah. That's some dumb shit to be thinking. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. Well, they're just everybody's an individual, and everybody can make fucking dumb mistakes all the time. But fucking farmer in Oklahoma, like after a tornado. Well, my house is gone. My wife's missing. Cows are gone. But I'm alive. Cup. Jesus loves me. Cup. I know Jesus loves me. Couple Lord payments works behind on our insurance <laughs> policy. Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> it's like, oh God, it's fucking. Uh, it's like on cops, you know. When when the when the cops show up at the trailer door and they knock, it's like, open up, police are here. And and the wife opens up and she's got a big black eye, and she looks at the cops and she's like, oh shit, I I I no 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 I I didn't I didn't I didn't mean to call you. I and God's in the background, drunk. <laughs> Did you call them? God, me, damn it! I'm gonna smite all of you. <laughs> Listen. He, he he didn't mean it. He loves me. I know he loves me. He, he just would, has a strange way of showing it. He's just. <laughs> <laughs> I do you know that on cops? I read the statistic somewhere. I think don't quote me on the exact number, but I think it was somewhere like fifty-two percent of the people on cops, uh, the men perpetrators, don't have a shirt <laughs> in that show. <laughs> And I think even more than that are are drunk when they end up getting into whatever altercation it is, which, yeah, usually on that show is domestic violence, which actually that's probably the most common reason cops have to go out somewhere mm-hmm. in the real world even, which kind of sucks because, like you said, you're just walking into this he said, she said bullshit where these two fucking slack-jawed yokels are at each other's throats and you got to try to figure out who's the more violent one here and who's actually a, re- a serious problem oh well no i was i was actually trying to draw an analogy to how people relate to god in the face of tragedy yeah like um they sound like a battered housewife trying to tell the cops that everything's okay yeah yeah i know he loves me <laughs> and, well you know yeah, i've the... never actually watched an episode of cops oh dude you're missing out that's that's the original reality show the original 
I think the best episode I ever saw once is this guy got this chick got pulled over actually, and while she was being pulled over, the camera's like focus on the car. Some homeless weirdo rides his bike through the street and gets hit by a car and gets launched like twenty feet in the air. I was like, oh my god! And then they go and then they rush over to see the guy, and the guy's like dazed and he's like gets up and just like starts walking around on just pure adrenaline and PCP alone. And it was. Oh man, that's that's a crazy show though. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I think you you were going with the Vikings, but I think I'd go with the the Egyptian gods though if I had to. I, I feel like, I feel like the sun god. You know, it's like it's just. I mean, not not that they're the only ones that worship the sun, but I feel like that's just the way to go. You know, it's like you can't really play it wrong. I mean, the sun's awesome. I mean, think of how much people love summer. Yeah, I. I got into uh, Viking mythology when I was in college. I, I like reading about the Age of Ragnarok and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool myths. I, I don't know anything about the Egyptians. Yeah. But basically, as long as your deities are arbitrary and capricious and immortal and all-powerful, but not omniscient and not omnipresent, mm-hmm. then it makes more sense. Yeah. The idea of a unified presence in the universe that is a force of love that is controlling everything and it's just operating in mysterious ways <laughs> is just strange to me yeah and that's a nice way to say it that's a very nice way to say it hey aaron i gotta get going okay can we wrap this up we can wrap this up for sure uh i want to make one last comment though on <laughs> the vikings man i feel like uh i feel like those guys didn't get their due you know for how much they were running shit for a while I don't really hear anybody talking about them. In the, on the, in the power rankings of uh, ancient cultures, they don't really rank as high as you think they probably should, you know? You know, I uh, I saw a girl on uh, Tinder who had no profile photo. She just had a, a sign that said, um, if you ever feel ugly, just remember, all your ancestors got laid, so they must have been at least okay looking. And that was my first thought was like, well, actually, some of my ancestors were Vikings. That means that they were just raped. <laughs> They didn't have to look good. They, they could have, I mean, they probably had a, a they bag just, over their head and their hands yeah, behind their back. They just wielded a gigantic axe and they were good with it. God damn, yeah, I know. And that's and that's you look at like Sweden, you know, and they got all the fucking hot chicks there, and it's like, yeah, well, you know how many they vill- didn't bring back the ugly ones. Yeah, you know how many villages had to get raped and pillaged to bring all those smoking hot blondes back to Sweden. So you know, the Vikings at least have that going for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, actually, and in, and in, in the area is making a comeback at least. Because Sweden now is the rape capital of the West, so maybe they're making a you know a late stage push here to reinvigorate that Viking spirit. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I I mean the gods work in mysterious ways. Okay, I can't. This is a really awful way to end the <laughs> Especially show. Especially Allah. <laughs> yeah, no, we got to wrap this thing up, Bio. Sorry, guys. Um, thank you for joining us for another earful in the Emerald City. Um, we kind of threw this one together a little bit. Uh, my apologies, guys. You know, we, they're, they're not all, uh, they can't all God, be God, dude, shut up. They can't all this be This was tens. a great show. <laughs> hey, you, you know? fuckers, you're welcome. Don't listen to this, Chode. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I know comedy gold when I hear it, and you just heard it, too. I got the Midas touch, and I just touched Aaron in a good way. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying not to be an ingrate millennial. Good touch. All right? I'm trying not to be an ingrate millennial. All right? But uh, no, thank you guys for joining us. Earful in the Emerald City, episode 73. Um, 
we got uh, kind of threw this one together, but I got a couple of guests lined up for you guys in the next few weeks here, so um, we should keep things going pretty well. Um, I don't, I'm, I won't get into the specifics and names next week, but uh, we should probably have somebody for you at least for the next three, four weeks here, and we'll see what we can do. But uh, thank you guys for joining us. A little impromptu here. We apologize, but hope you guys enjoyed it. A little shorty here for you. Earful in the Emerald City. Episode number six, 73, 60. Jesus Christ, two beers and I'm already twisted here, you guys. Episode 73, Blake Kiltoff. Thank you for joining us and uh, hosting me in your humble abode here. Very incredibly humble. Um, thank you guys for joining us. And we are talking with you guys next week. <laughs>